Well, Father Jonathan, how are we doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm a little tired, you know, ready for a couple of days off. I think might take a, a <laughs> few days, a few days at the beach this week. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Is that what uh, parochial vicars do these days? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I had a few days already planned to take off. And so, yeah, just to take some time for a little R&R, you know? Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, I mean, we have four parochial vicars, so, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. take care of yourself. Yeah. Treat yourself, 2021. Absolutely, absolutely. What's going on with you? Anything new? Just working. Working hard. It's, uh, yeah, you, uh, people... I don't know what people actually assume about art school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I know that people assume that artists are just sort of these wizards that magically create things uh, without going through intense training, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of work yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be able to do, you know, something like that. Right. So it's, it's incredibly difficult and there's a lot of work to do. Right. Um, right. So I'm pretty exhausted myself. Well, good. Well, good. Uh, you didn't have any uh, preaching obligations today, I don't think, right? No. That's good. No. That's good. Um, I did. I only had one. I only had one homily today, and that was in Spanish. And it was, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I was feeling a little under-inspired. Um, but I, I did end up focusing on something we talked about, which was the blindness of the crowd. Um as as part of the healing you know that jesus calling out the the blindness of those who want to keep jesus from people um focusing on that a little bit but it i I realized as i sat down after i preached it that i really preached three homilies you know like it was like yeah like it was three it was three like independent ideas that i could have that i could have picked one and gotten better at it you know then then the real like it's just a good sign of being underprepared you know when i have three ideas that needed to each one be its own homily. Yeah, you know, that raises an interesting point that I don't know if this is the place to talk about it. It certainly is the place to raise the question, perhaps, and let our listener think about it. Uh, like, wh- what makes a bad homily? Hmm. Like, you're you're not feeling good about it yourself, but, you know, maybe somebody in the pew did right, right. enjoy it, right. you know. Um yeah, for me, it's just an interesting thing to think about because we, you know, you and I have this idea in our minds of what makes a good homily. Yeah. You know, you got to be on, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be, you know, you got to, you got to knock it out of the park every Sunday, right. as it were. Right. I don't know that that's realistic, no. which isn't to say that we need to be mediocre preachers. Don't get me wrong. Right. right. <laughs> I think the reality is the bar is so low, first of all. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's right. That's that right. But we also, but I think we also keep ourselves to an unrealistic expectation mm-hmm. of what of what hitting it out of the park actually means. Right. Yeah, no. What, like yeah. for us, you know, this idea of what makes a mediocre homily, like what you were just saying, like you don't need to preach three things; just pick one. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Just talking about one thing is probably going to be more impactful. Exactly. From kind of wandering around and you know just trying to fill time, basically. Yeah. And I guess what what happened in this case, it was me not giving myself enough time to prepare to let like when i when i do prepare and i do like when, i'm sorry when i do prepare well and better and spend more time uh eventually that like threefold homily i will like two of the pieces will fall away you know as i'm preparing where i'm realizing like i don't need i don't need to be distracted by these other two ideas i can just focus on this one thing but like when i under prepare i don't give myself enough time i don't 
do that work and so then it ends up it ends up crashing and burning in my own delivery where it's like all three of them end up taking up space you know um but as far as like what makes a good homily just so you know today <laughs> on the way on the way out of the church i went to the back to say goodbye to the people and this woman came up to me and said father that was such a great homily i could hear every word <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, oh, there it right. is. Well, I guess, I guess that's the. <laughs> I could hear that's it. The bar. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, seriously, like I think there's, I during my pastoral year, I got so many compliments on the. So I had this, I think I stole it from Bishop Barron. Uh, I had this thing where I would like, basically preach a homily, and I would stop and say, okay, what's actually going on here? Like, what's our takeaway? Like, let's break this down into simple and we do that you know in our, in, in our conversation like what's the takeaway here right. and i think people appreciate that like yeah say whatever you want i guess but like yeah yeah no. just give people something yeah, i agree <laughs> i agree um so anyway yeah i'm my own worst critic for sure and and frankly like i listen back over my homilies and i hear them and i cringe at myself and all that but Generally speaking, people hear them while we're at mass and then they kind of forget about it. They know how you made them feel or maybe like one yeah. idea that stood out and that might be sufficient, you know. Um, but anyway, I mean, it wasn't a bad homily. But, I, you know, one of the things that one of the guys uh, in formation uh, for priesthood told me one time, he said, you know, you don't need to hit it out of the park every time. Just get on base. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just get on base. And I, like, and that. I like that too. Just get on base and then sit down. Like that's all you need to do. Um, so anyway... So speaking of that, how are we going to get on base this week? Because I'm finding myself a little under-inspired. Yeah, you know, before we get into, I mean, yeah, we could go on and on about how great the Shema is. Um, what is that? I'm is kind that of the Hebrew word here. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, from the first and second uh, gospel reading. Here, O Israel. Uh, I so I've been thinking. So we we've been digging through Hebrews for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. And when I read, especially this passage, but many others like it, I start to get confused. Like, what are we talking about here? (laughs) And if I'm getting confused, somebody that's taken more than one graduate level scripture class, uh, I can only imagine what people that have not taken graduate level scripture classes are feeling when when they encounter something like this. I don't know. And, and I mean, for me at least, that um, I think the temptation is to like try to unpack everything, which I think just muddies the waters even further. Right. Because to unpack it, you really need to to like spend time with it. And as we've said before, a homily really isn't the place to spend time really to teach. Right. Mm, right. Maybe. Right. Some would argue that. Yeah. I think Baron would um, argue with that. So somehow. anyway, so anyway, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know how to approach this is basically what I'm trying to say. Right. This idea of Jesus as high priest. Like, I mean, we can, there are things that we could talk about, you know, that are that this reading um, speaks on. So maybe I'm just not sitting with it long enough. Okay, maybe that's right. the case. But so here's the thing, Jonathan, is that, so we're, we're, we're putting our finger on, I think, part of the, like, the meta question about homiletics that I think you and I wrestle with. Like, Father Bishop Barron does, as an example, since you mentioned him, he does seem to have a style where he wants, and he, he calls it the patristic style. I'm not exactly sure that's right, but he he likes to like <laughs> open the scriptures in a very exegetical way and like read it allegorically a lot and doing all that kind of stuff. And he, I could see him taking this out of the Hebrews and just going line by line and like working through it. 
And I think that has its place. It's just not my it's not my my style of homiletics, and I don't think it's yours either. And so, like, I think that there's a place for us to read it and exege- do exegesis on it. But like, I think for me, and this is kind of getting to your point, like, I don't like preaching a homily that doesn't have a punch. Like, what what's the what's mm-hmm. the punchline? Like, what's the point for me? What's the so what? Like, and I think that's one of the places, if I may be so bold, that I think Bishop Barron's homilies tend to fall flat for me is that there's often there's not a so what. And the so what maybe becomes mm-hmm. a little bit too, kind of a little bit too abstract of like, and this is why this is so important. It was like, that's not a so what. Like, that's that's just sort of a doubling down on the catechetics. And so, like, the high priest language in Hebrews, it's hard to really get a sense of the so what, you know? It's like, this is good theology. I agree with it. I believe it. I don't disagree with it. But so what? Like, <laughs> like you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, for... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you I think you're you're onto something there and it speaks to our lack of well, our lack of catechetical training on what it means for Jesus to be a high priest. Mm-hmm. We don't really have an understanding of what it means for the priest to be up there, you right. know, like right. he's just kind of do, doing his little magic th- show mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and says some words that make me feel good sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh it's like you know when we when we start to go deeper well then yeah absolutely let, that's when we start to use these these images especially from the book of hebrews about you know what it means for uh for hum, for humans to stand in the place of jesus as that high priest in the in our, you know and even that like it's just it can get so convoluted so quickly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so anyway i think hebrews in this case is not really not that it's not worth preaching on but i just find it to be a little bit a little bit too on the nose about like he's making the the author to the Hebrews I think is making a very clear point about who is Jesus and I think that's the homily that you and I often want to preach is about who is Jesus um, and so I guess maybe one way we could preach this is to maybe take a, a moment to talk about what we hadn't been talking about for the past couple of weeks which is the letter to the Hebrews and that Jesus is the high priest like who is this Christ that heals the blind who is this Christ who brings the law He's also the high priest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what does it mean for Jesus to be priest? And is there a homily there? Well, maybe. Like, uh, who is Jesus? Jesus is priest. So what? Well, the so what still kind of gets me. It's like, what does that mean? It, it, we get so abstract in the theological language that I wonder. It means that he's the me. I mean, the, the so what would be like, if you want to be, if you want to be in communion with God, you have to go through Christ. Like, that's the so what, you know, for me is like. Jesus is not an incidental accident of history. It's like he's the necessary mediator, like any any high priest, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to wrestle with this. Like, what? Do, how do we bring that in? Because now I'm looking at the gospel, you know. It's Jesus, or um, yeah, Jesus is quoting um, this great Shema that we hear from our first reading. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love, therefore you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength. Great. Take these words which I enjoin on you today. It's interesting that our reading ends there because the very next line is talking about take to heart these words and repeat them mm-hmm. <laughs> and say them and speak them and, and, and teach your children how to speak them and say them and pray them. Right, right. And so I wonder if that could be one of our one of our hooks for this, for these particular readings, I, you know, and I hate to, to take something that isn't in the readings that were given, but this idea of what do we do with this great understanding? And I think, um, what we see, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just going on, on and on here, but this line, um, at the end of our gospel, 
you know, this guy said, yeah, you're right. That's it. And Jesus was like, yeah, great. He saw that. He understood it with understanding. And you know what? You're not far from the kingdom of God. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're not far. So having the right answer isn't all that's there. So there's something there, perhaps. Sure. sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I still think that there is there could be something there with this idea of passing on what we have experienced. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pivot away from that for a second just to to say something that may help too. Um the 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 question was about the commandments and his answer was the shame. Uh-huh. So yeah. Okay. So I I get it that the shema is is you know it's a command, you know, to repeat this and to teach your children and all that. But when you when I hear that question, I think of the decalogue. I think of the 10 commandments, you know. Right. And so maybe maybe there's a homily there in like what if I were to ask you, hey Jonathan, what's the greatest of the commandments? You might know, be like, I don't know, uh, the first one. Like, well, Jesus doesn't; he's not playing with the list of ten. So, what I find interesting about that is that uh, maybe there's like a breaking here uh, of the expectations about how the law. Maybe there's something here about law. So, what I want to say is this: is that I could preach a homily about how we get a bad rap as Catholics for being legalistic and having an obsession with law. But the thing is, is that all of our law is this, is to listen to God, to love God with all of our being and to love our neighbor. Like that's all of the law summarized. So you can have a whole homily around like we get a bad rap for being legalistic, but the whole of the law, including the Decalogue, is summarized in this. And this is the law of the Christian. I don't know. Like maybe there's something there. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if there's, as I often do, you know, like to... um like pick a sentence or a phrase and kind of run with that. Maybe it's, there is no other commandment greater than these, Yeah. you know, like here it is. Can we do that? Right. You know, so like, because, yeah, you know, you shall love your neighbor as yourself is huge. I mean, we kind of say it and kind of, you know, like, Oh, it's kind of a throwaway phrase at this point. Like, what does that actually mean? It's like, no man, seriously, <laughs> Jesus is telling you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. Now, this raises all sorts of other questions, right? Do we actually love ourselves? Hmm. Yeah. No, I think it's it's interesting. Like, if as I'm wrestling with this internally, I'm thinking, like, I'm, I've been kind of on this kick recently with some of my homilies. Maybe this started with the Synod homily last week of really focusing on the way as a church that we can become an obstacle to helping people come into contact with God. Like, the church does not exist to be an obstacle, but to be a conduit. And I preached a little bit about that today with the Bartimaeus story. You know, how is it that we get in the way of an encounter with Jesus Christ? And, like, that's a great challenge for our examine as clerics, as Christians, as faithful Catholics. It's like how, making sure that whatever we, we create doesn't become an impediment to the encounter with Jesus. And so this is maybe just a great, uh, great invitation to reflect on that. Like, what is our identity as church if... You know, we we have laws on purpose for reasons, but we got to make sure that we purify those and they don't obstruct the the core essence of what it means to be a disciple of Christ, which is to hear your God. There is no God but God alone, etc. Like all this, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, taking a page from your book, I I have a I have an idea. Hear me out here. Okay. So I'm looking at the Alleluia verse, mm-hmm. and there's this interesting movement. Right? Whoever loves me will keep my word, says the Lord. Okay, cool. Great. We talk about this all the time. Uh, but look at that second part. And my father will love him. And 
we will come to him. Oh, we. So, so yeah. So there's a movement there of not just, you know, because we can often say, oh, well, you know, this is it, right? I can love the Lord with all, all of my being and love everybody, blah, 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 blah. Great, 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 great. But is this drawing you closer to the Father? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good, which is precisely, I think, what maybe I was trying to get at with the law is like everything that we do yeah. is helping us draw closer to the Father Then keep it. Like maybe there's this indignation and difference there too. Even like it's not to be controversial, but like it's to say that as Catholics, we are constantly invited to purify ourselves uh, from anything that can obstruct us from having communion with God, even the things that we hold so dear as part of our traditions, you know, um, it's like small t traditions, you know, how, how detached am I from those things that maybe stop becoming conduits for that communion with the father, um, but become obstructions, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's that old Zen saying that I like to quote so often that I stole from Bruce Lee and enter the dragon. <laughs> you can see the finger pointing at the moon and miss the entire heavenly glory. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, maybe the, like, the simplicity of the first reading with the gospel of just focusing it on like the central law greater than all the commandments, like it might just be a good homily there to really focus in on like, I kind of said this last week in my homily about uh, the synod is like we got so obsessed about kneeling and receiving and language and liturgies and it's like all that is clearly very important. I'm not saying it's not, but it's, 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 it's subordinate to the greatest commandment. You know what I mean? And it's necessarily subordinate to that. And so tell me if we're being good Christians, if we shame people on their way to communion because of what they wear, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm being controversial, but like, that's, that's where the rubber hits the road. That's the, so what for me? Like, like there are, there are people who go to church and get yelled at because they're not dressed correctly. And great. I understand we have like customs and law, but are they the greatest? Oh, absolutely. The greatest commandment, you know? I mean, this is the problem that we were just seeing, you know, in the Twitter sphere recently with people frustrated about going to confession mm. that priests are yelling at them. Yeah, yeah. It's like th- this most sacred place and I can't trust that you're going to treat me like a human being right. who is opening myself up and being so vul- vulnerable as to as to confess my sins to you. Right. It's like, man, right. we are definitely screwing well, up. Well, <laughs> hey, no, 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 Rephrase that. We are definitely far from the kingdom of God. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, there it is. It's like, okay, we want to be close to the kingdom of God according to this gospel passage. And you're not far from the kingdom when you put first things first, you know? And when yeah. we put second things first, we are far from the kingdom of God. Yeah, no, I like that. One thing I'm trying to find and I'm failing, do you remember off the top of your head what chapter... Um, the Decalogue is in Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy, no. I think in Exodus it's number 20. I think it's Exodus, okay. Exodus 20, but I think Deuteronomy I can't remember. I, I often forget that there's two lists uh, yeah. in the Pentateuch. Well, I, I say that because I wonder if there's if there's something to be said about where, you know, is this something as like a, a preface to the Decalogue? Like, keep this in mind when you're getting legalistic. Mm. That, yeah, it's important. it's important to to you know to to clarify to specify to say okay well in this situation we do this when this situation situation we do that but remember to hear the lord your god uh and to love the lord your god yep 
I mean, what uh, you just said, what you just said, really hit the hit the nail on the head for me. You know, keep this in mind. You know, as we prepare to outline, you know, our legal structure, because we need laws, we need rules, we need customs, we need traditions, we need all that. But keep this in mind. Like, yeah, the love, the Lord your God is God alone, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that's a really good homily there, right? That there's something to be said about even, even like tomorrow we're having at the church, we're having the mass, the red mass for all the judges and lawyers in the area. And it's like, how do they understand law? Um, and the understanding yep, of law probably doesn't begin with love, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that would be my parting thought. You got anything for a last, <laughs> last idea? Uh, I, I believe that was my parting thought. Oh, oh, oh I see. My bad. <laughs> well, good. Well, then we'll leave it at that then. All right, all right pal. Dude, peace.